Russell Ortiz in three, two, one. Welcome to the Pottercast. Michael Potter here, joined by former MLB pitcher Russ Ortiz. Russ, thanks for being on the Pottercast. No, my pleasure. Looking forward to it. Yeah, and so I met Russ because he was doing, uh, they called him up and said, hey, can you do some analysts for some whack baseball <laughs> yeah. games? And man, that was a lot of fun getting to meet you and getting to call those games. But it seemed like ages ago we did that. I know, that seems a long time ago. I mean, <laughs> I had a blast, though. It was, it was, I remember the, the first day, you know, you know, uh, hearing you talk and then the producers and, <laughs> you know, and then trying to finish the thought real quick before commercial break. And, and, uh, so it's impressive, you know, what you all do, you know, how you, how you get used to all that, be able to talk through someone in your ear and <laughs> right. uh, know when to throw it, you know, to, uh, another person and stuff, but you guys are such great help for me. And, um, you know, made it a great, sp- and I love that. I love that stuff. You know, I yeah. love, you know, watching games and, and talking about it, you know, what's going on in the mind of a pitcher, especially, and, uh, and just keeping up with them. So, so being able to do that throughout the tournament to, uh, in the fourth or fifth game, or whatever, be able to talk about, well, Hey, we mentioned in game one or two, you know, or this happened in game one or two. And, right. And now you kind of, you know, see it come to fruition or, or, um, you know, just see how they adjusted you know, to, to what they're needing to do. And, um, so yeah, it was a lot of fun. And, and I know the next, I think couple, uh, tournaments, uh, just timing, I wasn't able to, to be there. And so, which is kind of bummed me out, but, uh, right. yeah. So I don't know, hopefully again, we get, you know, opportunity to try to do something like that, but, uh, you know, that's, that was, that was a lot of fun. Yeah, I hope so. You know, the Western Athletic Conference tournament is out here. You know, they just started the Pac-12 tournament. re up that again. That's out here now. And so oh, wow. there's no better place. I mean, to, there's so many great facilities around here. And we do ours out at, you know, the at Ho-Ho-Cam. And mm-hmm. I think I think the Pac-12 was doing theirs at either Scottsdale or at the Cubs Stadium. But, okay. I mean, this is the place to be. But, yeah, In you're right. In the spring, it, for sure, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I mean doing those games, it, it's very different when you're actually doing the broadcast and how there's a lot that goes into it. But. You know, by midway through that first game into that second game, you're just talking baseball, which right. is awesome. Like, what better way to yeah. spend your entire day just talking baseball? Right, and I and I I love the the pitching matchups. You know, the yeah. the pitching duels, and you know, I, I know uh, most fans want to you know see some fireworks go off and right. and all that, but for me, it's, it's just the ball. the pitching duels. You know, where where I love because um, I mean to be able to keep that up uh, inning after inning is is the part that. Uh, I just remember, you know, as a pitcher, like that's that's the hard thing about baseball to to, to keep it up, to make those adjustments before the hitters make an adjustment mm-hmm. and all that stuff. So so and then being able to talk about all that stuff, see, you know, to see have a different vantage point um, than just the dugout or on the field. You know, uh, I'd love to be able to, you know, see things before they happen or or talk about things that, hey, maybe this guy wanted may need to make an adjustment here or there and, and then, you know, be able to see, see that be uh, earlier than I could down at the field just because you have a different vantage point and positioning of the players and stuff like right. that. Yeah, so that's all the cool stuff that, you know, I studied as a pitcher, you know, watching where, every, you know, all of our 
players where they were positioned, pitching according to that, seeing where we need to make adjustments and all that stuff. Like those are things I studied. And so to be able to be up up top there and see how their their teams are, are doing that and see how they make adjustments and just, you know, that's the stuff I love about baseball. Yeah, and it's interesting. I mean, you know, the game changes over the years all the time. There's always different changes, but I don't know if you've been watching the playoffs or not. And, you know, it seems now that a lot of a lot of teams go into it going, oh, if I can get five innings out of my starter, I don't want him to go through the lineup a third time. There's all this analytics. But then you have a game like last night where Darvish goes seven and Wheelers go seven, yeah. and they really controlled that game, and that was just fun to watch. Yeah, I mean, I was even thinking about that. You know, once Wheeler came out, I was like, I know – a big thing for for baseball now is like all oh, the third through third time through the lineup, you know. <laughs> but as a pitcher, as a starting pitcher, if you have a plan to go, you should have a plan, I think, to finish the game. And so, how are you going to, uh, you know, propose a plan and put it together? And then, if you can execute it early, then you can go through the third through the lineup for the third time. Uh, potentially using pitches that you didn't use early on because everything was going according to plan. And, and so, um, so I was like, man, you know, I would have liked to see him be able to, to finish that, um, save their bullpen. Cause in the playoffs, you need your bullpen and, Mm -hmm. um, you don't want those guys to be tired. And, and so, so if he still had the good stuff and he was, everything was going according to plan, then let him, let him go out. And, but, but I do know, you know, even though you throw seven great innings, some things didn't go according to plan, and then that makes the decision. So, so those are things I like. I would be interested to find out, you know. But, right. uh, but to see, yeah, I mean, you you got the best of Wheeler, you got the best of Darvish, and and I think, and and you had a really good game, and um, I think these two teams uh, are, you know getting hot at the right time, especially the Phillies. Mm-hmm. And so uh, they're going to be tough to beat. Yeah, the Phillies, um, I mean, you as a starting pitcher, were there those lineups you look at and you go, man, I don't have a breather until I get like to the seventh or eighth no. guy. The Phillies top half of that lineup, especially the way Harper is now swinging the bat. I mean, he yeah. was hurt. He looked dreadful his first at bat in St. Louis. And I was like, oh, I don't think he's feeling good. <laughs> and then he just flipped a switch, man, yeah. and he is locked in. Yeah, if he's healthy, I mean, he's proven since day one. That yeah. He can be one of the best hitters in the league, and um, he just hasn't been able to stay as healthy as he'd like to. But he's obviously been a, a you know big producer for you know for his his teams and stuff. And so, um, you know, for it was Washington first, and yep. yeah, and then and then Philadelphia. But um, he's yeah, he's just fun to watch. He's, yeah, he's he one is. of those guys you heard. I mean, it's you know one of those things you hear about him from high school about this kid, Bryce Harper, all that. Then he gets right. to the major leagues, and you're just like, okay, well, let's see how good he is. And then next thing you know, like, he's just putting up great numbers, you know. Yeah. And, and uh, you hate to see, you know, injuries happen, you know, be, for hitters like like him because um, he's, he's so much fun to watch. Yeah, he is. You mentioned um, having a plan. You come into the league, and we'll kind of jump around with your career, but you come at league in 95 – with the Giants had been closing, they bring you, you know, throughout, they, they make you a starter. Was there ever talk back then in 95 about, hey, if I can get five innings out of you, six innings out of you, I'm happy? Or was the expectation, hey, I, I'd like you to get get the whole game or at least eight innings in? Well, it was, yeah, always. I mean, for me, since high school, it was always, 
you start the game, you finish the game. And then it was reiterated <laughs> to me that's that's the attitude, you know, back in the mid to late 90s as the same attitude, um, you know, because 95, I started my professional career, as like you said, as a closer. And then eventually you became a starter, in, you know, in the big in the big leagues. And um, uh, and I was told early on from all those guys that that I, I played with, uh, you know, in, in San Francisco, that that was the goal is that you take the ball, start the game and you expect to finish the game and you're going to finish it unless they, you know, they're going to have to take you out, but your mindset is to finish the game. And so, so you have to devise that plan and you have to know the hitters and, and, and that's why, you know, I don't know this a hundred percent, but that's, that's what I, I, I guess it looks like to me is that pitchers nowadays aren't studying every little detail about hitters and situations and, and all that like they were, you know, what, which is how I learned uh, how to do it. Um, mm-hmm. You know, we watched, we had to study hitters on VHS tape, you know, <laughs> <laughs> and then it moved to uh, CDs, uh, uh, which was a huge help. You're like, this is big time. I can it, actually it, skip to things. Oh, now. my gosh. I, yeah, it it took so much time, you know, with uh, VHS tapes. But yeah, um, but that's how we learned to do it. You know, it's just you're watching film, picking apart every single hitter with your own eyes, writing down notes. Um, so then when when it's your turn to pitch, you know, you know everything about those hitters, what they did previous games, what you did against them previously, and, you know, what are their strengths, what are their weaknesses, when there's nobody on, nobody out, when there's a runner on second with two outs, a uh, runner in first and third with one out, you know, you know all all the things they're trying to do and mm-hmm. um, where they stand in the box, how, how much they spread their feet apart and all that stuff, and so – um, so from, from what I see, I don't see that kind of study going on. Like they, you know, they get the analytics from other people and they, you know, they're being told, you know, here's what you need to do. Here's what this guy likes to do and all that stuff. And, and so, um, so I don't know really how many pitchers have that mindset of, you know, I, when I take the mound, like this is my game. Like I'm going to start yeah. this thing and finish this thing. And, um, you know, so I don't know how many have that, that mindset anymore. And, um, and that's why I said with, with someone like Wheeler, he's like, yep. you know, he's winning. What it was two, nothing, two, nothing. He thrown 83 and, yeah. pitches, one hit, one walk and yeah, six strikeouts, I think. Yeah. yeah. And I, I would be willing to bet they were just like, well, it's third through t- third time through the lineup and all that stuff. Like, well, again, if you have a plan and you set it up and you do according, do it according to the plan, third time through the lineup shouldn't be a big deal because, um, you know, I learned from one of the best Greg Maddox that mm-hmm. if, you know, you know what pitches you can get every guy out with. So if you need a pitch in a location, you know, you have that in your back pocket, but if you, you try not to use it unless you have to, you know? Hmm. And so, um, so I, I learned, uh, from great pitchers with the giants. And then when I got to the Braves to just continue my education, but that's how I learned is like, you know, you you go after these guys and, and with certain stuff and until they show that they're going to make an adjustment or they're going to beat you, why change? Why give them, you know, what they're looking for? So if they're looking for, say, a breaking ball or a change up, why give them that if, yeah. if you don't have to? And so um, 
so I, and I think that's where you see the difference, you know, nowadays is that, you know, you, you can see pitchers throwing pitches. You're like, what are you doing? Like, that, <laughs> really? That like does, you're watching the game yeah, and you're like, like that doesn't you make any sense. Like this guy is obviously looking to just pull a fastball, you know, and, uh, and you're giving him a you're fastball. giving it to him. Yeah. You're giving it to him in the spot that he wants it. Um, why would you do that? You know, or middle or middle in yeah. and, um, you know, and so, or, you know, he's, he knows he can't hit a slider, but you keep throwing sliders and he keeps taking them, taking them and you may get him out, but you've thrown seven pitches to him. And so, you know, so all that stuff, doesn't make sense because it's really hard to execute time after time after time. So that's why it's like, Hey, if your best stuff is your fastball and you can locate it in four different areas, five different areas, uh, and they can't hit it. Why, you know, why show them anything else? You know, right. I mean, if you don't have to. So, so I think that's what I'm talking about when you devise a plan and then to be able to get you to the later innings. Yeah, just so everybody listening, uh, we're, we're taping this uh, right after, so Wednesday the 19th, after the first game of the uh, NLCS, and talking about, uh, you know, Zach Wheeler and you Darvish, both had great out. I mean, Darvish only made two mistakes, and I don't even, I mean, the one to Schwarber was definitely mistaken. Yeah. <laughs> that, that thing was a rocket <laughs> off of there. I mean, Harper's just, it was looked like it was high and outside, and he just went with it and had the power to kind of get it out. That thing was yeah. a moonshot. But but really, I mean, yeah, Hugh gets the loss, but you look at what he did, and he throws seven, eight, nine different pitches, and yeah. he was pretty masterful other than those two mistakes. Yeah, I mean, I, I with all his pitches, you know, we had a, I played with a guy, LaVon Hernandez, had a ton of pitches <laughs> right. too. And I was like, how, how do you decide – when to throw all these pitches, you know, because there's so many and, uh, and you can see sometimes you overthink it a little bit, you know, you, you try to trick people. And that's, that's the one thing that, um, you know, I learned early on is, is not to try to trick people, you know, that you set them up, but you base it off of what you know about them and, you mm -hmm. know, to try to set them up and not try to trick them. And, um, now what's the difference between setting somebody up and then and when you say try to trick them? So, so like, let's just say a guy, um, you know, he, he can hit, um, you know, a, a slider or a cutter pretty good, um, but has trouble with a sinker, you know? And so, uh, so in that case, you know, you would, uh, show him maybe what he wants. So he maybe wants something out, out in a way you know, outer half of the plate so he can extend his arms and, and stuff because throwing that sinker down and in like he just he swings over it. So mm. so if you throw that right away and swings at one of them and then you try to throw it again, um, then he's like, well, I can't hit that. So that's what I learned uh, early on too is big league hitters will take pitches because they know I just can't hit that. Mm -hmm. And so – so you have to be careful because you can throw a two seamer down and in to a righty and then he takes it and it's a ball. So then you're like, well, what do I do now? You know, well, I know he likes this pitch. And so, so you, you throw pitches just, you know, uh, at a certain height or part of the plate where they still can't hit it, but it looks enticing. Mm -hmm. and so that's what I mean by, you know, same thing with, uh, you know, if a guy, like I said, he, he can hit a cutter, he likes to extend. He, he's trying to look for something out 
over the plate um, outer half. So how do you get him to swing at that pitch? Um, well, first, you know, you get him thinking, you know, in. And so then now you put those two things in his head. Like, you know, he wants the ball out and away, but then now he has to think he's coming into me too. So there's two different areas that he's having to think about. Um, and so you just set him up by getting, getting him to that point mm -hmm. to where now he's thinking about. And so he's guessing. And, uh, then as soon as you can see a swing out of him that shows, Oh, he's now aware of the ball in. And then, then you can set him up to where you can throw, uh, say a cutter or, or a slider or something away, but you can extend it out mm -hmm. or down because now he's like, Ooh, the pitch I've wanted, but then now it's, it's unreachable. And so, so that's what I mean by, you know, setting guys up is just you get them thinking about another location. Um, and that's one thing, you know, next time I would say you watch a game mm -hmm. to see, you know, if you can pick out when like, Oh, this guy's setting them up for this particular pitch. So like when guys get frozen, inside or outside that's when pitchers have set them up they got them thinking about a different side of the plate and then now they come with another pitch and they froze froze them because they're like okay i'm guessing in he threw away too late yeah. you know because yeah. you get less than a second to decide yeah. you know yeah what to do so then it's like okay i'm gonna look in here comes the pitch up oh, too late i wasn't in the spot and now you know you don't have time to to swing, you know, or if you see these terrible swings, you know, right. Um, I remember in that bat, uh, Juan Soto, I think it was, I don't know, about the fifth inning or something like that. And he just looked terrible. Zach Wheeler made him look terrible. And, uh, you know, he threw, I think, a, a backdoor slider and he, I mean, he looked terrible. <laughs> right. Um, and so that's the whole thing is that he got him to, um, to just, you know, uh, give just a courtesy swing that maybe he'll hit it. Maybe he'll touch it. Um, and, uh, because he had him thinking about other, other spots, you know, he, yeah. he, he surprised him with that. And that's, you know, so that's why I say when you don't want to try to trick them, you're just like, okay, well, I'm going to do this and then I'm going to try to throw this. It's like, well, but if you haven't gotten them to, to think about anything else, like, uh, you know, it's going to be tough to, to make it work. And so, yeah, so that's 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 the thing is that you know you're trying to throw some nasty pitch to you know it's like oh well I'm, he's never going to expect this pitch it's just like well how do you know that you know I mean <laughs> yeah Schwarber's not going to so, expect this on the first pitch well he was <laughs> yeah so, so in, at the end <laughs> he of the day saw it all the way. yeah and that's the fun part is like when you can set up guys when you you know that they're you have them thinking in the box you yeah. know and and uh, and they don't know what's coming. And, uh, yeah. you know, I used my ball used to cut. So against right handers, I used to just in, 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 you know, and have the ball just barrel in on them and try to get them to swing, you know, have it enticing enough to where they'll swing and foul it off or swing and miss and then throw one lower. But like it looks like it's coming at their hip and then it just, you know, cut right into the mm -hmm. inside part of the plate and freeze them. It's like and that's that's another way of setting them up is getting them to and swinging mode swing swing and then throw a little further off the plate they're like okay that's a ball and then it cuts, cuts right, right back, back into the plate yeah, yeah. And so um so did you so as a pitcher 
Do you start learning this? People always talk about, oh, they teach him how to pitch. Does that happen in high school and college when you get to the pros? Is it a constant learning thing? I mean, a lot of guys that are seemingly really good, they just had really good stuff better than anybody throughout right. high school and maybe even college. Right. And then you see sometimes when they come up against a good team, you're like, oh, he's just throwing, but he needs to figure out how to pitch. When, when did that start happening for you or you started thinking in terms of what everything you just talked about? Well, I started to learn how to pitch in high school. Um, I had three pitches I could throw for strikes and then learning how to use them um, in high school. Now, execution wasn't as great as it, you know, as good as it was as later on. Um, being able to throw them for strikes anytime I wanted to, that was just kind of, you know, uh, the start of it all. Mm-hmm. Um, so I just got an, an idea learned from my pitching coach, you know, in high school, uh, who was a college pitching coach before that, then after, and he's been a head coach, uh, in college as well. Um, he's actually a head coach at Ottawa university here. Oh, okay. And, and so, uh, he is the one that taught me how, how to learn how to pitch, you know, like to be, be able to, uh, start guys off, finish them off, set them up and things like that. And so, so I, I knew a little bit going to college had Vern rule, um, former major league pitcher as a pitching coach. And he just was more advanced. So mm-hmm. a lot, but a lot of stuff went over my head, you <laughs> know, right? because it's just, uh, it's just things I hadn't experienced before. And so, so once I got, but once I got to the pro ball, I was a closer. And at that time I was throwing really hard and so I mainly just threw fastballs. Mm-hmm. So going from a closer to a, a starter in the minor leagues uh, was an adjustment because I had spent a year and a half of just throwing fastballs, basically. Mm-hmm. I threw one change up, I think, and a uh, guy hit it for a home run. Because <laughs> I was like, well, let me throw, let me, I, you know, let me try to throw this just to, so I don't lose feel and then guy yeah. hit a home run, you know? And yeah. so, um, so I mainly threw fastball. So I wasn't pitching, I was throwing. Mm-hmm. And, um, so once they made me a starter, then I had to get back to, okay, my foundation and all that stuff. And, and then I got to the big leagues and these guys were talking about all kinds of stuff, more stuff. And I'm mm-hmm. just like, gosh, that's going right over my head. <laughs> and they're just like, just watch, watch the games. And, uh, and and you'll start to see it and stuff and then little by little so but yeah you're constantly learning constantly you know and a lot of it is more mental than anything hmm. and, you know i mean you you learn how to study you know they taught me how to study hitters and study the game and situations and all that stuff but a lot of it is just mental you know you're out there in the mound first and second you know nobody out uh in the seventh inning and you're only up by one run i mean you can put so much pressure on yourself and you know uh take yourself out of the game because you're trying to trick somebody Mm -hmm. you're trying to do too much and so all of that is mental you know knowing how to keep yourself calm focused on the right things and um to be able to get out of those types of situations you know so but unless until you're in it you don't know they can talk all they want but until you're in it you don't really know and so you have to do it so they just they just kept telling me just keep watching keep watching and then uh i remember one game my rookie's year um you know they had mentioned something before and it was happening while i was out there and i was like okay i see it (laughs) i see what they were talking about now i've experienced it so you kind of put that in the memory bank and 
you know, f- determine how did I handle that? And uh, if I handled it well, okay, great. You know, keep that up. If I didn't handle it well, what do I need to make an adjustment? Stuff like that. So, so the, you know, especially at the major league level, mm-hmm. it's, it's, the higher you go, uh, the faster you have to make adjustments. And, you know, if you can't do that, then you're not going to last very long. So you had, you had Vern Rule in college. You went to Oklahoma. And, of course, he obviously a great, great pitcher, great pitching coach. And then when you went into pro ball, I'm sure you had different minor league guys. But when you got up with, uh, in, what, 98 with uh, the Giants, was that Rigetti? No, it was Ron Paranowski. Ron Paranowski. Okay, yeah. another another a long-time I mean, Dodger pitching yeah, coach. Yeah, he was yeah. fantastic. I mean, you and then you had Leo Mazzoni when mm-hmm. you were in, in, uh, in Atlanta, and then I think again back in Baltimore. I mean, how yep. important is the pitching coach to, to a pitcher? So they're all different, mm-hmm. you know. Um, Paranowski was, you know, he was like a, a bulldog to where he's old school, super old school, <laughs> you know, and uh, – so he got old on school back when we were old. School, right. So exactly. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I <laughs> consider myself, yeah, an old school player. And so he, yeah, he was more old school than that. Right. So yeah, exactly. Um, but, uh, he would get on me because I would get frustrated about things. And I remember one time he's just like, who do you think you are? Like, are you, <laughs> you think you're so good that you can't give up a hit or get, have anybody on base or whatever. And he's like, you think, you know, Sandy Co. I mean, he threw out a lot of Dodger pitchers all the time, but <laughs> yeah. you know, Sandy Koufax or Dine Dreiser, you think they they never gave up a hit? So you think you're better than that? You know, I mean, so and so he would get on me a lot of times just about like you know I'm getting, but it was it was more to um, to be disciplined on mm-hmm. the mound, you know, to not show emotion. That's what I was taught in high school and college, and then so I get to a pro ball, and then all of a sudden, you know, but I was putting so much pressure on myself because I wanted to stay there. Mm-hmm. And um, so I kind of lost that foundation that, that was built, you know, in high school for me. It's just just being calm and, and not letting the other team see that they're, you know, that you may be struggling and all that stuff. And so so that kind of snapped me back into reality. And um, but uh, he was he was really good with um, with me as far as getting me to have uh, an attitude of, you know, toughness and and not to think too much and worry mm-hmm. too much about you know the results and all that stuff and so uh, and then once Rigetti came on he's a he's he's old school too but he just has a different approach and mm-hmm. Rigetti he he remembers everything every pitch mm-hmm. you pretty much every pitch you threw every all of his pitches threw <laughs> and so he was really good at uh, bringing that back up hey remember when we face these guys, you know, it'll be like two months ago. Remember that, that, that second at bat, whatever you threw them, this, this, and this, and this, or whatever. And that, you know, so, so don't forget that. I'm, I'm like, <laughs> I didn't know that. And, uh, so he was really good at, with that, but, and he was real calming, you know, he didn't get too high, too low. Yeah. Um, and, uh, yeah, and then Leo was just, he's kind of the same as Paranoski to where at a time where I needed, that again um because i was in the league already for five years um had a lot of success and i needed that so it didn't get to my head mm. so it didn't be like oh i got this you know and so i need so he stayed on me and stayed on me and stayed on me same thing throwing bullpens and i get frustrated and he's like well you pretty much wasted everybody's time <laughs> 
<laughs> you know? And so he's like, that was a waste of time. And first time he said that, I was like, what are you talking about? He's like, well, you came out here. You didn't have a plan for your bullpen. You're all frustrated and all that stuff. And you didn't get, you didn't get any real quality work done. So it was just wow. a waste of time. And again, that snapped me back into like, all right, you know, you know, I'm, I, I may have just got a little off and, yeah. And so I loved Leo, you know, and, and those, those pitching coaches. And, um, so I, I was very fortunate to have, you know, the guys, um, to work with. Take me back to, you grew up in, uh, Southern Cal, right? Van Nuys, uh, Montclair right. and, uh, college prep. And then you go to Oklahoma. I mean, there's a lot of good baseball programs in Southern yeah. California. What was it that drew you to Oklahoma? And did you have options at other places and just chose Oklahoma? I had a couple options. So I had a full ride to Long Beach State. Um, good program. Yeah. yeah, very good program. I wanted to go to Pepperdine. Mm-hmm. Um, like, uh, you know, you and I had talked earlier. Um, I was going to be able to get, I think, about 75% scholarship, but then um, we couldn't afford the rest. Yeah. So, um, so that would have been really tough. Even if I, even if it worked out to where I could get 75%, I don't know if we could have even afforded the rest. And so that, but that's where I wanted to go. Mm. Um, and so just coaching changes, stuff like that. So it just communication had stopped and, and everything. So, but my high school pitching coach, Tim Montez knew the coaches that went to Oklahoma cause they were at Fullerton they went to Oklahoma, and he said, hey, what do you think about Oklahoma? I said, I didn't even know they had a baseball team, honestly. <laughs> you hear about Oklahoma football, football Oklahoma basketball. You, yeah. And uh, he's just like, yeah. He goes, well, these three guys came from Fulton, and he's just like, they're really good. And uh, he's like, I, I would highly recommend them. And so so he talked to them, and I went on a trip and sat down with them. And uh, o- Norman, Oklahoma is real easy going and mm-hmm. you know it's, yeah. it's just uh, people are great everything but uh Vern having Vern Rule as a pitching coach and I I you know saw him pitch uh I knew he was a major league pitcher and I was like that's what I want to do and so like and so so he, they came highly recommended from from Montez and 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 so after meeting them it was pretty much like this is where I want to go and um and it ended up being the the greatest thing I, you know, not only went to, got to pitch there, won the world series. I met my wife there, you know, um, and got drafted and, uh, went on from there. And so, yeah. So, yeah. So then, That's funny. Cause back then was that night 90 when you went there? 92, 92. I mean, you're talking about OU football, the big eight, you know, basketball. Yeah, yeah. That, that was all the throw. Like, cause when I was, when we talked, when I met you out there and, I didn't honestly didn't even know where you went to college. And yeah. you're like, yeah, I went to Oklahoma. I'm like, why would you go to Oklahoma? And then I go home and I look at them. I'm like, oh, geez, they won the national championship yeah. in 94. Because you just, back then, it was so much. That now it's all SEC, as all anybody talks about, for every sport. Back then, it was a lot of West Coast. It was, it was you know, Texas was great, that type of thing. Yeah. But they, Oklahoma those, State had been great for yeah, Oklahoma all State through the was whole good. 80s. You didn't hear Oklahoma I mean, that much, though, right, exactly. back then. So yeah. it was that coaching staff from Fullerton. And um, were you a closer there those years? I did everything. You, you did everything? Yeah, I did everything. I, and uh, so I was tabbed as, I, I think, the number two starter my junior year. Okay. You know, my plan was to go there for three years, get drafted, and then try to get to the big leagues. And, and so uh, so I think I was a number two starter starting the season. 
I was told that it was it was more kind of you know again like somebody needed to snap something in me you know um, and because uh, I didn't think I was doing bad uh, but I didn't suit up for games hmm. uh, I didn't go on road trips for like a month and I had no idea what was going on you know oh and, wow um, you know that was a real big test for me you know uh, especially you know faith wise like. I was like, all right, well, this is not going according to my plan. And so uh, what do I need to do to get back on the field? And so working with Vern Rule, he and I worked, you know, like just about every other day throwing bullpens. And mm-hmm. um, and whenever they felt like, okay, I'm ready to go, they put me back in. And, and um, as a reliever, I eventually became the closer, did really well. And then I got drafted – uh, as a closer in the fourth round, you know, by the Giants. <laughs> and so, um, but yeah, there was a, I think about a month where I didn't, I didn't even suit up for home games. I sat in the stands, you know, wow. and, and uh, uh, so it was really humbling. And, but it's one of those moments that's, you know, you can tell there's kind of like a theme to where just, you know, uh, just need those moments to snap me back to, you know, hey, uh, maybe just get a little too relaxed, you know, uh, even if it's for a moment, mm-hmm. you know, it doesn't have to be for a long time, even just for a moment. And so that's why I've always appreciated having the coaches because they did in high school. You know, they never let me. I was the best pitcher uh, in our team and one of the best pitchers in all of Southern California. And they never let up on me. They never mm-hmm. let it, let it get to my head and all that stuff. And so so I've been very fortunate to have all of those coaches and make sure that they stayed on me and, and you know and then maybe they saw something in me that I didn't see at the time mm-hmm. or that I you know hope to become at some point and and uh but uh yeah I mean going those coaches uh, you know Larry Cochelle, Pat Harrison, Vern Rule they got to Oklahoma and uh I think it was the first year or second year yeah they went to the World Series uh it was a 92 year so yeah. 92 they went to World Series I think it was their second year there and uh, then we went back at 94 and one. We went back in 95. Um, and so they put that program back on the map. And, uh, you know, OU just went back to World Series again yeah. this past year, you know, which I got to go to. It was fun. Um, so and it, it really came back with those those three guys. And um, and so it was really cool to be a part of that, you know, and then that creates a special yeah. bond between the players because of. Uh, you know, the success. So you, you won the college world series in 94. You guys were in the world series in, in 2002. Um, what, yeah. what, what's the, what's that like did comparing the college world series and the major league baseball world series? I mean, one <laughs> seems like it's your job. So you're, right. you know, you're supposed to be there, but it's still gotta be just an unbelievable experience. Yeah. I mean, I, you know, uh, nothing compares to that for me, you know, in, in, in the game of baseball. I mean, going to the college world series and, and winning that was the highlight of my baseball career. And, um, but just getting to the world series, even though we didn't win, but just being a part of that, like that was so much better. Um, Mm. it's just for me, you just can't compare it. And I was just actually talking to, uh, a high school teammate, um, today, uh, earlier before, you know, you and I met up here, um, you know, uh, and he's, he's going through, you know, cancer. And, and so we were talking and, um, 
somehow that got brought up and I was like, yeah, you know, we won our, you know, the CIF in, in high school two years in a row, uh, went to college, won a national championship, went to the world series. And I was just like, we were really, I was being really close to being able to experience, you know, a lot of championships, oh, yeah. um, which, uh, after the fact is like, man, that would have been really cool, you know, to be able to, <laughs> that all three levels, high school, college and, and professional, you know, be able to have a championship right. ring, you know? Yeah. Well, I know we, we have a short time window here, but so what are you doing these days, uh, Russ? You, I mean, you had a great career. I mean, you play with a bunch of different teams, right? Giants, Braves, D-backs. Of course, fa- folks here know you from that. Orioles, uh, Giants again. Then you had the Tommy John surgery, but but bunch of different, you know, stops along the way. Probably most famous for Giants and Braves, you know. Right. But um, when baseball came to an end, what have you been doing since? What are you doing nowadays? So when baseball finished, um, I started a golf apparel brand um, because baseball is done. So I was like, I love golf. That's always been a fun hobby for me. And and uh, and I wanted to do something with my time that would be able to give back, you know, been super blessed to have a successful career and, you know, be paid very well. And so I was like, all right, in my next life. Whatever I'm going to do, I want to make sure that it goes to to help a lot of people. So I started a, a golf apparel brand where we gave uh, 100% of our net proceeds to charity. And so I uh, did that for seven years, uh, which is a lot of fun, a lot of hard work. <laughs> it's a <laughs> yeah. lot of work, uh, but it was yeah. it was a blast. You know, I mean, we had players on the PGA and LPGA tour wearing our stuff. And, and uh, oh, wow. I mean, it was just cool, super cool. So uh, we helped and we got to help so many foundations, organizations, um, and uh meet tons and tons of people i mean you know some of my really good friends are because of those relationships being built you know through that and so so i did that i've helped uh along with that i've helped coach you know my girls in softball my son in you know t-ball and he played one year of baseball and he retired uh, <laughs> you retired earlier than yeah <laughs> and uh helped the school that our kids have been going to uh faith uh christian school here in mesa um, my wife and I have helped coach, uh, various sports. You know, I've been the athletic director. I was there, athletic director there for five years. And, um, like I said, coach little league, I was a little league president one year, um, you know, for here, uh, the four peaks little league. And, um, yeah, so the, but now that I, I ended the golf brand in 2021, um, just a lot of stuff, be- mostly because of COVID, you know, mm-hmm. and everything, just uh, delays and et cetera, et cetera. So, um, so just really, it really hampered it. And, mm-hmm. you know, so since all the proceeds were going to charity, when we're not making a whole lot of proceeds at all for close to two years, it's like, okay, maybe it's time to move on. So, mm-hmm. um, so this year, 2022, I was like, I'm not doing anything. <laughs> so, so I just been enjoying my time and, you know, and, and That's awesome. uh, you know, and that, and so right now, um, um, while coming up, I'll probably be helping with girls basketball to school and then boys flag football in the spring, um, you know, helping to coach there, but yeah. uh, I'm also helping to coach, uh, FCA baseball for the, um, uh, the ninth graders. So it'd be, what is that? 20, 2016 graduating team, I think. Oh is, yeah. Um, yeah. and so, uh, so I'm helping uh, being the pitching coach for that. Oh, and nice. so they're on a break right now, but, you know, we'll get into it more, you know, as a, the winter. And then um, they'll go 
play their for their team in spring and then mm-hmm. you know get back into it really heavy in the summer so so i'm hoping now because we have you know my son just here at, it's just us and our son now for the next five years that um i'd be able to get into more baseball stuff and mm-hmm. um so right now it's just starting off with fca baseball and 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 teaching pitching you know yeah. this from the mental part of it to you know the strategy and and then also some mechanics and um so yeah so so that that kind of what it looks like i'd like to do other stuff i mean you know i make short lists of of other things i you know would like to do but we'll see you know i'm just enjoying being with my wife and our son and visiting our daughters and and all that stuff when they're at college and, and everything so um so i'm i feel like that's weird i feel like this year I, like I'm actually really retired because you know? <laughs> the, time, even the other like years are so <laughs> busy. Yeah. So busy running around. And, um, so this year it finally felt like, yeah, this is really, yeah, I feel really retired. This now, is what retirement know? is supposed so, to be. <laughs> but, uh, but I, I don't awesome. want to be, I want to be busy. I like being yeah. busy, yeah. you know, I mean, uh, I, I enjoy that, you know, and, and whoever we're working with whatever, as long as they have the energy and the, the excitement to, to learn, then you know i'm all yeah. for that you talk so. you've talked peppered it in throughout about about faith being a big part of your life when, when did that start for you and how has that been you know beneficial and, and you know what are you doing with that now i know you're working with the with the christian school and things yeah. like that yeah I, I became a christian in 1993 at oklahoma okay. um you know oklahoma's part of the bible belt and so there's <laughs> yeah. a, a lot of um christian people there and my pitching coach, Tim Montez, is the only Christian person I really actually knew growing mm. up. And, um, you know, he was a great, great guy and, and uh, man, uh, you know, just great leader and treated us great like his own kids. And so that's kind of like the introduction I got. And so I was like, oh, that's cool. But, you know, like I just want to play ball, you yeah. know. And But I got to Oklahoma and I saw a lot of my peers just wanting to play ball what, or play sports. Um, and I just saw a difference in a lot of kids where they're like, they don't seem as worried as, 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 uh, as, you know, getting through college and, and going on further in college than I do. I mean, I was, I was like, this has to work for me. And, you know, and they were like, they got after it just as hard as I did. But, uh, yeah, I just saw a difference in them and just found out, you know, is their faith that they hold on to and, and, um, just learning more about, the Bible and, and who Jesus is. And, um, and then just really felt like, you know, that's, uh, that's something I needed and, Mm -hmm. and, you know, and wanted. And, and, uh, and so I became a Christian in 1993 and, um, that, so that started my faith journey and, and, um, my wife was already a Christian. So when we met and so we, you know, we kind of moved along together and, and stuff. And so, so that's been the most important thing, you know, to me. Um, and, uh, you know, I, I've let baseball battle with that, you know, and kind <laughs> sure. of, uh, you know, try to make that a priority in, in my life, you know, um, and I see how for me, things get off the rails a little bit. Mm-hmm. And, uh, so I just, you know, I've all, I'm always reminded of like, you know, keeping my solid foundation, you know, squared away. And then, um, 
and then using that into the other things that I'm doing, baseball, family, you know, friends, uh, work or whatever. And to be able to watch it play out, you know, that way. And it's just like, so for me, it's just, you know, I can't get away from that. And once I do, I really see how I get off the you know rails a little bit. And, and, um, so it's always been important for me, you know, since 1993 and, you know, anybody that's a Christian that has any faith knows that it's not easy, you know, mm -hmm. every day is a battle and, um, other things want to take your time and your priority and your heart. And, um, but so I was always have to remember just like pitching when I, uh, teach pitching, it's like, just go back to the basics. You step, turn, lift your leg and just throw it to the glove. You know I mean? So, mm -hmm. Uh, cause you know, you can get off there too and think that you got to do all these things, you know, to be special. And, um, so I do that with my faith too. It's just like, just gotta get back to the basics, you know? And, um, um, and that kind of helps, helps me get back, you know, to a solid foundation so that, um, you know, so it's hopefully I can, you know, be more encouraging and loving, you know, with other people and, and, and helpful, um, uh, as, as possible. And, and and enjoy life instead of you know having it be such a um stressful time you know mm -hmm. and just to enjoy it and, and stuff so so this year has been really really enjoyable just to be able to not do anything and and you know um go back to the basics and mm -hmm. and so i've loved this time and i'd like i'd like to keep it up but i know like <laughs> that probably won't be good you know um because i'm way out of shape you know and stuff and so I was like, I got to stay busy and stay active. Yeah. Um, and so, um, but yeah, but yeah, faith, faith for me and our family is just, is the number one thing. And, um, and that's what's kept us going and kept us together for sure. Well, hey, Russ, uh, we'll call a quit to it right here, but thanks so much for the time. It's fun to chat and get to know you. And hopefully we'll see you um, in uh, May at the, uh, the WAC tournament. We'll be yeah, out here be again. So I always yeah. talk to Eric Danner and I'm like, Hey, you going to get Russ back yeah, out there? Well, so I'll, I'll put a bug in you his know, ear. You know, I'm like, what? 10 right minutes down from the street, there. Baby. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Hey, thanks for the time, man. So, I appreciate it. Great the to see you. Thank talk. you. Thanks everybody for listening. We'll see you next time on the Pottercast.